All right, Mr. Bachman. You know, we talk we talk about a lot of things on this show, but I don't think we've ever really talked about claims. Is that a bad thing? Probably, right? Absolutely a bad thing because what you guys are always talking about or what you're selling is claim service. Is that when something bad happens, the the claims folks are going to be there to to pick up the pieces to help out your clients. That is what you're selling, right? I think, well, I don't know. Is it? I think so. I don't know. I I think that's what the policy is there for. Well, that's what, well, certainly that's what the policy is there for. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I I go back and forth on this and I think this is going to get me in trouble, but I I go back and forth on what we are really good at, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What we think we're good at, what we're actually good at, what we maybe should be good at that we're not good at. I think, I think some agencies are different than others. Um, I, I, if I, if we had to take a running poll, I would say that if you ask somebody what they're good at servicing claims probably would be like a 20% situation. I don't know. That's just a wildly just, I'd actually even say with some agencies, it may be less. Um, Yeah. Some, some, it may be more where they want to be involved all the way through. Uh, but I still think it's the important thing that it's not you specifically selling it, but you're selling that relationship with that carrier or that claims department. And that's going to be crucial when something bad happens. You don't want a slacker on that one. Um, that's going to be pretty damn important to that client when it comes through. So now, now you, now, all right, now I'm, I'm coming around. That makes sense. So what I think I, so when you said you're selling the relationship to that claims department, right. And it's not necessarily that you've got all the answers. It's, hey, you've kept a relationship with John all these years. He doesn't hate you, and that's going to make life a lot easier. Um, so if they know that this is one of your people, they're going to treat them like it was their, you know, their aunt or something is having a claim. Absolutely, because that's really what it is. It's 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 a relationship business. And it's not just a relationship between you folks and the client. It's between the carrier and you. And then long-term, once a claim happens, it's going to be the relationship between the carrier and that client. And depending on how well that goes, may end up being a long-term relationship with you if things go the way they should, um, if the claim is handled to the best of, uh, of that claims professional's ability. What what is what is one thing that maybe we consistently underestimate or just kind of getting wrong is probably strong words, but I mean come close to just not really understanding the full scope of the claims process. What do you see kind of happen over and over again with agents? Well, a lot of it has to do with timeframes, and I'm not going to say across the board all agents feel this way, um, but there's there's time involved with. Um, analyzing the coverage and then determining liability and how it's going to play out. Uh, and that crazy commercial out there right now with the, the she shed um, by Big Red is they're calling up the agent and the agent saying, yep, you're covered. You're getting a new shed. And that's misinformation. And I don't think a lot of the folks that listen to your program have that mindset, but there are some agents out there that are selling it that way. And it's, that's not true. You, 
the claims professional needs to pull the policy on every single claim that comes through, make sure there is coverage, find out about liability, determine, uh, assess the damage in order to resolve the claim. And that's not instantaneous. Uh, it can be on, on you know, some of those smaller claims. Um, there's technology that allows us to, but for the ones that need the special touch, we have to be realistic about it. And, and what, what, what is that reality and, and what is the specialness? Like what, what, when you really get down to it, like what are the things that we maybe take for granted? Well, I, I don't know if it takes for granted, but a lot of the times a, a customer or a client will call you directly and say, Hey, you know, John or, or John's adjuster, uh, hasn't called me at all. I've reached out to him. Um, but when we look into that, there is some gap in communication, and it's not always uh, as a result of the carrier side. Uh, a lot of the time, there's miscommunication or not leaving voicemails or leaving voicemails on the wrong number. Like most situations, there are two sides to every story, and I just wish it was understood that when a client calls up with a potential problem, there might be another side of that story. And that's where the agent can come in and be that middleman and, and to help out both sides to facilitate um, the resolution. Interesting. So now this is where I find, I find the, who, who, who's, who are you really working for? You know, it becomes a, I want to say conflict of interest probably isn't right, but um, you know, ultimately you kind of feel like your job is to, you know, kind of defend that client, if you will, in some ways, but then at the same time, you know, you had said, be that kind of intermediary facilitator. Uh, what, what, what's the, how, and how some you, of the best, just before you go, go and not to step on your yeah. toes, but, yeah. uh, I totally agree with you that the agent should be the advocate. They should be the advocate yeah. for that client in, in trying to help them through the process. It's, that's where I think the separation should be. Sorry to step on you there. <laughs> Dude, no, I mean, yeah, please. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the question is, you know, when you've seen it work well, like what is that balance, right? Like to where it's just like, listen, like you said, there's another side of the story. And of course they're going to say that they were doing, you know, this thing when maybe they weren't or, you know, whatever, like there's just going to be some sort of natural bias involved. How, how do you, how, what are some of the best ways that you've helped navigate that or you've seen agents navigate that, you know, when dealing with them? Yeah. Some of the best experiences with agents are those agents that will pick up the phone and, and call into me. And, uh, as a supervisor of the adjusters, they kind of jump over the head of the actual adjuster, but they were reasonable about it. And normally what I hear is, hey, John, uh, I was just told uh, by the client that the adjuster wasn't getting back to them. It doesn't sound like you guys at all. Can you look into it a little bit? And once we start to, to dive into it and find out where the gap is, that's where we can help out. And we can, I can explain that information. Then the agent has that for them to get back with the client and and put it back to where it needs to be. Um, so everybody's on the same page. It, it's communication is the biggest key for all of this. And when there are gaps in communication, that's where you guys hear uh, the problems most often. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it does seem like this is more of a really a communication thing than it is really an insurance thing um, most of the time. Um, I think the thing is, is in, in, when you're dealing with claims, right, this is something that, you know, maybe, I don't know, what, one out of every 20 clients might experience in any sort of, you know, severe fashion. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really good at making up numbers, as you can tell. I've done it quite uh, quite a bit already. Well, um, I can, let's just say it's, I but, think about on the other me. side, we only see the bad things. So it seems like right. every one of your clients has a claim. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, if only, right? Uh, I mean, I, I would I would imagine it's dis, very disproportionate to the amount of clients, you know, an agent would generally have to the ones that are actually going to have you know, something. I mean, most of the time, they never even use it. And that's why they complain about paying for it is because like, I keep paying for this thing. And it doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing, and I think maybe that we, under, maybe this is where we're not fully prepared sometimes as, as they just tell me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, th- that can be a defining factor for not just your agency, but like for that company, like forever, <laughs> you know, it's like they, they just, they couldn't get this thing right. And it's when I needed it the most. Um, how important is that to, to, if you want to keep the clients you have to make sure that you've kind of got your house in order when it comes to all, all of that. That is key is selling the, ultimate customer experience when the worst thing has ever happened to that person when they go through it and it's a it, obviously it's a tough situation it's their number one number two uh, most expensive investment they've had in their life something bad happened to it yeah and to turn it into a quote good experience where it it was easy to deal with the customer i knew or with the carrier and the adjuster i knew what was going on all along and and they did what they said they were going to do, man, that's a customer for life. If you take that horrible situation, retention, <laughs> that that's it's automatic retention for you guys. They will be with you for life regardless of premium increases. What are some of the things, I mean, how do you improve that? Like if you had to like, if you had to put your stamp, like this is my like checklist or whatever, my manifesto of like claims, you know, service, what would that be as far as just to making sure that you went through like a, a an order of things and, and to, to ensure that customer for life status? We're going to go back to communication. It's, it's number one, it's communicating every step of the way. So they know what's going to happen before it happens and even letting them in, letting them know about some of the pitfalls they may see, because we deal with it all the time. Um, and we know, uh, you know what, there might be a hiccup over here or this might not happen over here. And just being honest about it um, and setting the expectations and letting them know, hey, you know what? It might take three days. It might take five days. And then when you turn around and you, it only takes two days or four days and you're calling them back, man, you just made their day. Um, so it's over communicating, being truthful about all of it, and then meeting and exceeding those expectations. That's really what separates it. How often do you see agents be proactive with that versus it feels like with claims we're always, I mean, I know we have to wait for the claim to actually happen, but how often uh, it feels like it's always more of a reactive thing. Oh, wait, this thing happened. Now we've got to do this, 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 and this, as opposed to having some sort of structure in place, like a, a, a again, a checklist of, all right, we got a claim. We're, we're just going to go through the, the process uh, to make sure to minimize that. Is that something that you've come across often or was it the minority? Um, I, I've been seeing more and more, um, 
agencies with a claims uh, department or claims personnel that have the groundwork and the framework um, of what to expect. But again, that's only on that that front end. They may not have all the answers about what's happening on the car- on the carrier side of things. Um, so it's getting better, um, but I think there's still a lot of work to make sure. And, and I'll say it, it's our fault uh, where a lot of the times who who's coming out from the carrier to go speak to the agencies. It's marketing folks. It's underwriting. Very rarely are claims folks interacting with the agents. And that's where I think we need to do a better job um, of, of being there to help out those, uh, those agents. I mean, is it, is it like kind of an unwritten rule? They just kind of keep you guys in the basement somewhere. Is there any reason for that? Uh, some people probably think they feel like they're strapped to their desk in the basement. And it, yeah. it, it's really not. It's just it, it really has never come up. It's it's the way things have always been. One of my least favorite sentences. Uh, we keep doing it because we've always done it that way. And maybe we can start changing things around. Yeah, you'd said like some agencies are starting to have like claims departments or like a claims person. Uh what would that, I mean, what does that look? I mean, cause I, you know, I'm just thinking of, you know, the agents that I know and they're lucky to have, they're lucky to have a CSR, you know, mm-hmm. let alone their own dedicated claims team. Uh, what would that look like in, in your eyes? Like how would you build the, the, the ideal or at least maybe the bootstrapped claims kind of person and, and what would you have them like work on? Yeah. So the ones that have the claims departments are those super agencies, those, those major ones. So most of the main street type of agencies, maybe it's a, a person or two. And a lot of the time what they're doing is they're intaking the claims. And, and of the ones I know, they do a great job where they say, if you have a claim, you contact us first. Everything should come through us. We'll, we'll lead you through the process. And they take all the initial intake, the first notice of loss, fill out the accord forms, and get the ball rolling with the carrier. Um, that's typically what I see. Uh, and then they do periodic checkups. Um, if a claim has been open X number of days, hey, what's going on? Anything we can do to help out? Um, and then anytime there are coverage disputes uh, on the back end, when one claim may be denied, that's usually when they step in and, and talk about the denial beforehand. And I know the carriers I, I've worked for, uh, we're always reaching out to the agent beforehand so we can have that discussion before the client hears about it. So everybody's on the same page before that bad news comes down the pike. Um, so that's the way I've seen it um, on the agency side. Um, yeah. Well, because it only takes, and, I, and you know, the, the other thing too that's interesting about the claims process is that it could go so well for so long, and then just that last thing, and it might not even be that much, uh, and it just falls apart, right? And, and it's just they didn't do this little thing, or it's a, you know, a couple thousand bucks here, a couple thousand bucks there, and it's just it kind of leaves a sour taste from the whole experience, right? And I would say it's not even the pitfall at the very end; it's any small piece along the way. One little hiccup, it soils the entire claim process. So unfortunately, or fortunately, we have to be on our game at all times. We can't have a little hiccup because it could be one bad day where we didn't return a call or we didn't pick up when the customer expected us to. 
forget it. it it's going to be so much harder to um, bring that customer back to a good experience. Well, you know, and it's, it's funny. I, I actually had a claims experience myself back at the very beginning of summer. I didn't talk about it really at all on this podcast. I'm like, nah, I don't want to, want to do that. But it, it was probably my first ever, you know, dealing, growing up in an insurance family. Um, and, uh, and, and having, you know, obviously been around insurance my whole life. It was the first time that I've ever personally dealt with a claims department. And, um, you know, uh, some kid pulled out in front of the car sort of thing. And, you know, obviously his insurance and, um, and it was just, you know, there were just certain things that happened throughout. I was like, meh, I was, I just kind of had my rabbit ears up the whole time. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, can we do better? Can we do better? Like just cause you talk to so many people and, you know, I mean, I know many people in the, in, you know, at the company that, you know, I was with, obviously I was like, meh, come on, you know, um, where well, it's I, just, I, I want to go one step further. I, and I know this is agency f- uh, focus and we're, we're sticking first party, but that's one of the things that I've always prided myself on. Um, once I had the little mindset change of claims being a career for me is why aren't we treating claimants better than their own carrier? Because then that's marketing. You're marketing right. your company of like, man, this guy cares about me more than my own damn company. Right. What the hell? Why, why, yeah. why am I paying premium to somebody else that's doing nothing for me? So anytime I dealt with a claimant as well, although I'm still an advocate for the insured, I try to wild that claimant as well. Sorry that you didn't deal with me. Well, no, I mean, (laughs) well, I mean, it was a big company and, and, uh, you know, I mean, it ended up for my, for my position, it was, uh, you know, it was a total loss on the vehicle. Uh, so it sounds, people always like, oh, it's total loss. Like they think like, man, your car got totaled. Like that's crazy. Um, but no, I mean, everything was fine, but, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many little things in the process. And, and again, and I, I ran across a couple, um, communication things where it's like, um, I was like, oh man, like they, I can't remember what it was. It's like, oh, I needed to go find the agreement or something and fax it over. I'm like, dude, fax, like what is ha- Like, can I do anything <laughs> besides that? Like anything besides whatever you just told me to do? Cause that's not something I'm going to really want to do. Or, you know, it's just like. And so it's like those those types of things like of, of understanding, I guess maybe even more the emotional state of, of the person that, you know, it's like, hey, listen, like you're going to ask them to do something that they probably don't do every day and to go grab something and, and make sure that they get this all taken care of. And and, uh, and it's just, yeah, it was just, I mean, I, I, you, you get open, you, you get your eyes opened up to the whole process, right, as to wh- what that's like. And, um, and I, I guess I was... It was, it was fun's a strong word. I don't know that I would necessarily call it fun to, to go through that, but, you know, just to kind of see where, you know, um, where things could, could ultimately be improved. What, I mean, what is something if you had, if you had the, like the all powerful claims wand, whether it's on the carrier side, on the agency side, like what, what's one thing that, you know, if you were ruler for the day, John Bachman in the claims, like in the whole world of insurance, what's one thing you think could really make a big difference? Uh, it, it, it's unrealistic, but having more time per claim uh, to be able to help out and, and really do the handholding that needs to be done. Because like I said earlier, um, yeah, we deal with 10, 20, 50 claims a day that individual deals with one claim a lifetime. Yeah. And sometimes they really need to be walked through it slowly. And it's not everybody. And 
a lot of the times there's claims backing up in, in the background and there's calls that are coming in that you can't get to and emails and mail and you name it. Um, so if you could give us some more time, Joey, with that magic wand, that would help out. <laughs> so you what, you think the agents need to stall a little bit? No, 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 not at all. Was, no, it, well, I mean, that's terrible. I mean, really, ideally is more adjusters to be able to handle uh, less claims. But that's oh. not realistic. Um, you would never make money on the agency side. You wouldn't make it on the carrier side. Yeah. But see, but this is, I feel like this is such an important, I f all right, I'm going to, maybe this is soapbox territory. I don't know. But I feel like this is such an important piece to the whole thing, right? Like I did a podcast, like maybe back in the spring, like why people hate insurance, right? And, and, it's really just bad PR on our, on our part, like the entire industry, right? Like nobody, but is it self-inflicted, right? It, is there something that can be done? And I feel like this is one of those points because it's, yeah, it's like you said, it's a claim once in a lifetime, but that person is going to, it's, it's a, it's such a, it's such a, usually it's a thing that happens in their life that a lot of people in their life know about, you know, whether it's a car accident or, a burglary or a house fire or something. It's going to be something that ends up on Facebook. Probably. I don't know uh, that you're going to talk about at like every dinner you go to for like two months and you're going to tell every single person about that thing. And I just, I feel like that's been happening for a long time, maybe in the industry. And that's kind of why things, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just something that we just have to own and it's never going to be better. And maybe I'm just, again, I'm being an insurance diva, which I'm known to do from time to time around here. John, tell me have, I'm, well, tell we me I'm crazy or, or what? What do you, what do you think? You're crazy, but not on this, uh, on this point. Well, thank you. We, we need to accentuate the positive stories. Yeah, we need to tell that story, and, and I've seen um, a lot of the agents that you you work with. They do their testimonials out on social media every once in a while. That's what we need to do. Of when something bad happens and yeah. they have a wonderful experience, we need to. Advertising is such a bad word, but we need to get it out there, and that's the carrier side needs to promote that. The agency needs to promote that because if I go back to the carrier. If we start throwing out um, some quotes or testimonials that we had, how much easier is it for you to sell a policy when you say, you know what, this person lost their house, but after their house burnt down, they sent this in because of this carrier? Yeah. Seems like a pretty easy sale to me. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think, again, like you said, you you deal with 10 or 20 claims a day, right? So it feels like there are always, literally claims are always happening, right? Right. But- to everybody, to the average consumer, they're never happening. And, um, and it's our job to kind of bring perspective to that, a perspective that I don't, we try to avoid maybe sometimes it's cause it's the not fun part. It's like the reason you don't, the reason, you know, you don't want to have the policy cause you hope it doesn't happen. Um, so more storytelling is, is what you're saying of, 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 of kind of highlighting that because, you know, I think, you know, back to my health insurance, you know, background, it's like, I got to, I got to hear, I've got a $6,000 deductible and I don't know why I'm paying for this, you know, policy anyways, I got to pay the first 6,000. I'm like, well, you know, that's, that's great. Um, you know, but you know, how's a half a million dollars worth of medical bills sound, you know, I mean, you want to give me six grand or, you know, half a million, your choice. 
Um, and I think that's, they lose the perspective of what really is at risk. And I think with the house, it's a little easier. It's like, Hey, listen, you see this thing that you're either looking at or currently standing in. Yeah. Imagine if that's not there anymore, what are you going to do? Uh, that's a little bit easier concept to, to kind of get across, but yeah, again, and, I, so, and not to go total name dropping here. Now our, our good friend, Ash Fitz, um, she's talked about it several times. And I just watched the video again the other day of her talking about, showing up at the client's house, uh, cabin, hunting cabin that burnt to the ground and just standing there yeah. and being with them. Now yeah. she can tell that story. Every single customer that comes in that, that wants to quote unquote, nickel and dime a policy and say, all yeah. right, if you do that, this might happen and we won't be able to put that house back up or that cabin back up. Um, she's got an amazing story. She did an amazing thing for that individual. And it's a story that can be that example. Uh, that needs to be out there. Yeah. I mean, so do you think now that we are the, the rise of, you know, video, if you will, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but I mean, I, I feel like this is one of the things much like the, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the John P in, you know, Salem, Washington. That's not even a real city in Washington, I don't think, but you know, just the, just the random, it feels like made up testimonial with like one little quote, like, ABC insurance was fantastic. You know, like it's like, they're trying to do like a Tony, the tiger kind of <laughs> frosted flakes like promotion. And they just put that on the website and that always feels manufactured much like the, you know, the, the stories your, your dad or your, your parents would tell you of like, there was that one time sort of thing. And it feels like we pull out our one time story. Um, and, and, and again, it's a good story, but is this, is the, have we reached a point, um, in the industry where those, they just can't be told anymore. They need to be kind of shown. And and should that be maybe a point of emphasis? I know you've jumped into the video game and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could tell stories of just the, just the little impact that has had of, you know, putting your face out there and how that dramatically changes people's perceptions. But should we get better at um, being able to kind of craft, you know, not, not tons, but just two, three, or just a handful of, of stories for people to actually see. I think so. And I actually even think you might have some clients that might be into it as well. Not, not everybody. We know hardly anybody when they first hear about it, want to get on video, but a lot of people want to tell their story when it goes well. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about going on Facebook and, um, they want to tell the story when something goes bad, but it's not as easy for somebody to tell the story, even though they want to tell how great of a story is. So, I, I don't think it's a terrible <laughs> ask to say, hey, you know yeah. what? What do you think? Uh, you want to shoot a quick video here? Or can you send me one from your iPhone of, of how you felt as though we helped you? Yeah, I want, I want, do you think we get a bunch of screenshots of people like of the, I don't think it happens, right? The, the, I had a, I had such a great claims experience with my, you know, car accident. I can't ever remember seeing one of those on Facebook. I'm curious though. Uh, I'll tell you, um, it happens all the time. Does um, it? It, it? In my role, um, I get I, I get to see a lot of compliments come through. Nice. Um, and specifically, one adjuster, this, this kid is unbelievable. Um, but people thanking him all the time, and it could be a simple fender bender, and those are really the game changers. Yeah, a total loss, house fire. Yeah. Everybody is going to be on all the time, but if it's a fender bender, that could be so easy to just go through the motions that if you really go above and beyond, people are like, man, they, they really care about me. 
And I, I see them all the time come through. But do we advertise that enough? Probably not. Do they just come through internally or are you seeing them pub, you know, posted publicly for other people to see? We've, we've seen them on Facebook here and there, but it's typically yeah. um, a, a customer um, emailing in to yeah. the adjuster directly or emailing a supervisor, calling yeah. into a supervisor. That, that's typically where we see it. Yes, that's, that's what, yeah. Like I just, I rarely see somebody actually just going out. Of, like it's just, it's just a weird thing, right? We're conditioned for whatever reason. Insurance isn't cool or whatever, and it's just not the first thing that we're going to update our status on. Um, can we say that? I feel like that's a dated thing, even to say. Like, but I remember a time when that's what you did on Facebook. It was like it was like a status update, anyways. Um, <laughs> not important. Um, all right. So if you had to, we've we've already you've already waved your magic wand over over the industry. You've already kind of laid out the roadmap for better claims handling inside the agency. What is next for claims that you think could really ultimately change the game? Like what would you like to see uh, happen as far as like making it better that that isn't available to us today? Whoa. Well, (laughs) there's quite a bit that's available to us today that not everybody is using. Um, And I think, The first thing is to master the things that are available rather than looking for the new and shiny. Um, So thinking of things like um, photo estimating from your phone. So a customer on those smaller claims where they don't need the assistance of an adjuster, there are apps and technologies that you snap photos. It has AI behind it and it generates an estimate that gets sent off to the carrier, or if there's an intermediary, a payment can be processed automatically if it's set up that way. Um, There are some amazing technologies like that out there right now, Um, but not a lot of people are jumping on board with them just yet. 